Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me this Saturday afternoon. Okay, so picture this. You are at home on a Friday night. That would be last night. You're eating crackers with cheese because you love cheese, and crackers are basically a vehicle to get cheese into your mouth. So you're eating a lot of crackers. You're eating crackers and cheese like you do most nights. Then you feel this weird little short tingle on one side of your mouth. It's a little unusual. So you chew again and then you're like, ah, it's just like a, a sharp pinch, like not super painful, but like a little, a little pinch. So you go to the bathroom and it feels like it's like your bottom molar, you know, where you like do most of your, your chewing, right? So uh, it, uh, you open your mouth and you're poking around in the bottom tooth and you're like, is there... Is there a crack? Is there something? Like, did I suddenly develop a cavity? And then what falls from the top part of your mouth is your crown that has broken into two pieces and then falls like just into your mouth as you're looking into the mirror. And uh, I will tell you, guess what? That was me that I'm telling you about. Big surprise. So as I'm like looking at my bottom too, thinking like, wow, there, is there something wrong with it? And I'm, I'm poking at it and I'm thinking like, where's the, where's the sensitive part? What part caused that little sharp pain? The crown from my upper molar. It was that part of it. It just broke in two pieces, falls out. And I'm in complete shock. Like you can maybe think I'm over-exaggerating, but anything that falls out of your mouth that costs a lot of money to go in is a huge flipping shock because it's, I know it wasn't like my real tooth because the real tooth, I'll tell you right now, is shaved down to a little tooth nub. That's what's left in my mouth. And my first thought was, oh my God, it's Friday night. I cannot get in touch with my dentist until Monday morning. Like of all days, at least if it was a Wednesday, it was a Thursday, you could think, okay, you know what? In a couple of hours, I can address this. So I'm panicked because I'm looking at this crown. First of all, it's only three years old. So I know that it should not have, it should not have broken and it should not have fallen out. By the way, I was eating soft cheese. Uh, and, uh, and, and so I just like, I'm in, in shock. And what's the first thing I do? I take a photo so I can tweet it. <laughs> I put it on Snapchat. Pay Chen Eats is me on Snapchat. Then I post it on Facebook and I basically, and I realize that I don't know anyone. I have no friends in the medical community. All my friends love them to death. They're writers. They're artists. They're not people who can address any sort of medical concern. And uh, so I put it on Facebook. I'm like, does anyone have a friend who's a dentist who can just give me some advice because I knew I was not going to get to see my dentist in a couple of days. Has, has this ever happened to you? You can text in, let me know, 71010. Uh, has a crown or a tooth just fallen out of your mouth like while you're just eating cheese and crackers? Um, so anyway, I was really panicked. And then I was getting comments on Facebook. People were telling me about emergency dental clinics that exist in the city. So for that reason, I do find it was actually very wise of me to post it on social media because I was getting lots of information about clinics in the city. I was not in pain. I was truthfully, I was in a lot of shock. Um, it's a little bit sensitive. And like I said, I've just got this little nub, but the thing was people were sending me little notes on, on Facebook and Twitter. And they were saying things like, well, maybe you should go online and you should Google. Uh, the problems you might have by having this tooth exposed for a couple of days. Because that was actually my fear was that 
leaving this tooth without the the crown on it, was I making things worse? I'm like, I am not, I'm not about to Google medical advice. I'm not going to go to the internet for medical advice. Anyway, um, I was able to reach my dentist today and I have an appointment next week. But the receptionist said to me, she goes, well, you should not eat this is what made me panic. You shouldn't eat sweet foods or sticky foods. And you might not think this, but bread and pasta are kind of sticky. And I'm like, you've basically listed the only food groups that I eat. So now I am in a true, genuine panic. Please feel sorry for me. Thank you so much. You can text in during the show, 71010. Um, tell me everything you want to, to tell me. I do read your texts. So I'm hoping that your weekend was off to a better start. Uh, to tell you, I guess to recap the past week a little bit, last weekend, actually, on Sunday, Day, um, we, we uh, a couple of friends and I, we celebrated the birthday of the oldest child in our Syrian family. So for those of you who listen somewhat regularly, you know that uh, myself and a few people have uh, privately sponsored a family. They've got four children and the oldest one turned 17. So we had a little birthday party at their apartment and it was really sweet. She's made some friends at school. So she had two friends over and the kids were there and we were able to, people were very nice in, um, offering to donate some like used bikes because you know your kids go out of their bikes or you're getting them a new one the old ones are in perfectly good shape so we actually have bikes for all of the kids and we bought them helmets and bells and I cannot tell you how much these kids just love having a bike so you know keep in mind that they've been in a refugee camp in Lebanon for many years, these kids. So the youngest one at 10, when he was supposed to start school is when war broke out. So he never, he's actually never been properly educated. So they're, they're a little bit behind in their education. Um, some of them had, you know, opportunities to ride a bit of a bike, but that's not something you would really get to do when you're staying in a refugee camp. So for them to be here in Toronto, and the terrible thing is the youngest likes to ride his bike on the balcony. So you can imagine that's about two pedals and then a full stop. So it's slightly terrifying. But what I'm, the reason I bring this up is because it's spring, summer, and a lot of you are digging out your bikes, and maybe you're thinking of upgrading, or you're getting a kid a new one, you know, go onto Facebook. There's a couple of groups there, and um, there's always someone who's willing, I promise you, to take that old bike off your hands, clean it up, and get it to a kid who doesn't have one or who doesn't have the opportunity to have one. And I cannot tell you about the joy on these kids' faces when they're riding a bike in the parking lot and they're trying to do tricks and we're like panicking. But anyway, um, don't throw away your old stuff. I'm just telling you to you know repurpose it in some way if you can. Uh, so coming up on the show today, a couple of great prizes to give away. I'm going to give you a chance to take home some of the uh, top award-winning cheeses. It'll be fine for your teeth. Um, So it's it's the good stuff. So as you know, cheese is one of my favorite foods. I'll be giving away uh, some great cheese. It'll come in the form of a gift card because I don't want to send you cheese in the mail. Um, Also a gift basket to get you started on your spring cleaning. And famous design duo Colin and Justin, they'll be joining the show at uh, 3.30, so halfway through. They'll be talking about their latest projects, also sharing some home design and decor tips with you. So that's coming up. And I just wanted to let you know uh, about this guy that I read about today. I will put it up on Facebook because I just, nothing surprises me anymore. So if you ever thought that you were perhaps like an underachiever in some way, there's a man who's just such a great entrepreneur. He is projecting to earn over $100,000 this year. How, you ask? The way everyone on the internet makes money in the craziest way. He has a banana decorating 
business. He's from Texas. He sells mail order bananas. They come decorated with things from like beards and bow ties, googly eyes, glitter. Uh, they're $10 and you can order them through a website called Bananas Gone Wild. Um, he works out of his apartment. You can just imagine. And he does as many as 75 bananas a day. Remember, he sells them for $10 a piece. Customers go to his website to custom design their bananas. He mails them out to you. Everyone is really happy because they have a decorated banana. Some of the most popular ones he's done are um, like a banana version of Donald Trump with like a sweepy little wig. And uh, he's done like a St. Patrick's Day banana. So anyway, for the low price of $10, you can get a customized banana. The thing is, the banana, it does go bad. It's a real banana. Um so if you just thought that maybe you didn't have a lot of talent and you didn't know how you're going to get rich quick, just think about the man who decorates bananas for $10 a piece and he's going to make over $100,000 this year. And let me know if that makes you feel good or bad. You can text in at 71010. Um, so my first guest who's in studio today, I've known for a while, Shona Jensen, who is a lifestyle expert. You are... I, without exaggeration, the most organized person I know. <laughs> I'd be lying if I haven't heard that before. <laughs> I think that's how you're described to many people. So Shona, of course, there's a lot of TV you can see on City Line, mm-hmm. on breakfast television. Uh, do And you do a little bit of everything, but a lot of your stuff is like entertaining and just keeping your home like together. Yeah, yeah. Just like adding kind of simple style to your life and keeping it all organized, you know? But I say, I'd say this all the time. I'm organized because I'm lazy. It's, it's so weird because I'm lazy, but I'm not organized. So I don't know. I don't know how that makes sense. Well, that's my motivation anyway. I hate <laughs> yeah. wasting all that time looking for something or rooting around to find a this or a that. Yeah. It makes me crazy wasting that time and energy, really. See, because I remember, I know that you have this binder system, which you've talked about before. So you file everything to separate binders. Yeah. And I was so inspired by that. And what I do is I have a lot of magazine subscriptions and I rip out the recipes that I like. Yeah. And I remember you saying to me that you filed them under like mains or chicken or dessert. No, what I have done in my filing system is I have stacks of just recipes ripped out of magazines. And I'm like, Shona puts these into binders. I'm never going to tackle this. <laughs> yes, you will. I have faith. You're almost there. You've already ripped them out. It's better than having like towers of full magazines with only one page you want in that yes, magazine. Yes, that's true. So see, you're better off than you thought you were. I have article, recipes ripped out from over 10 years ago. There's just in the I just keep adding to the pile. One day there'll be a binder it's, and I'll just <laughs> stuff them all in that binder and won't actually do anything about it. So <laughs> Baby the reason, steps. Yeah, so the reason yeah. you're here today, Shona's going to stick around because uh, after the break, we're going to talk a bit about getting yourself organized for the, basically for the spring, summer weather. If people do what I do and I know and I'm like a lot of you are like me I know this even if you don't live in a tiny space is that you're packing away the winter stuff because we're finally into spring we're getting out maybe the warmer weather gear and I do remember so I remember this one tip from years ago when someone said oh you don't you don't clean your boots before you pack them away I'm like now I kind of dig them out in the winter and go darn I should have cleaned these beforehand but there's a lot of things we could do now to make our lives easier easier, right? Once we dig the stuff out. Yeah, totally. hundred percent. And honestly, in the long run, it'll pay off both financially and spatially and time-wise. You got it. 
So the, if you're lazy, you can be organized <laughs> because you're lazy. So I'm going to try and adopt this new process that uh, Shona's talking about. So she's going to stick around. We'll tell you about uh, some great ways to get yourself organized. Also, this is a big thing, laundry tips. And you might think, well, you know, I know how to wash my clothes. No, there's little things you might want to know. And Shona's always on top of that. Plus, we've also got a great giveaway. I'll be giving away a basket of fantastic laundry detergent so you can get a head start on your spring cleaning as well. So we'll be back uh, in a few minutes. The Paychen Show continues on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me at Paychen on Twitter and Instagram. New to Snapchat uh, Pei Chen Eats. You can find me there. The filter I like the most is the one with the woman. The woman, that's because I'm a woman. That was a stupid thing to say. Um, if you're a man, you'll still be a man on this filter. And she has the like downturn mouth and she looks really grumpy and old. That is my favorite. All right. So it's time to pack away your winter stuff. Uh, if you haven't already, I started that this week. Um, but before you do, make sure you're doing it properly. It will save you time when you start to dig your stuff out again, and it will save you money. So lifestyle expert Shona Jensen is here. Like I said, the most organized person I know. <laughs> and uh, I feel like that should go on your business card. Yeah, right? I like feel the, like it. Like or Shona Jensen. Yeah, yeah, the most organized person you'll ever meet. <laughs> That's what it should be. Um, so what I actually did this week and what I was doing today was sorting through stuff because a friend of mine, uh, she's having a little girl brunch tomorrow and she's doing a clothing swap. Oh, fun. So Love it that. was incentive for me yes. last night um, <laughs> to actually dig out the giant like plastic bins that I have at where I packed away like the spring and summer stuff and then just start like I have to rotate my things. Yeah. Um, and, and first of all, I start sorting through and I go, okay, you know what? I didn't, I never wore this. I'm not going to wear it. It's in good shape. I'll, you know, take this to the clothing swap. The rest of it is me going, okay, let me go through this. And why didn't I notice the stain before I packed it away? <laughs> so let's talk about, you know, put, like packing our stuff away. What should we be considering? Okay. So like that's a, a I know it's a, it's a big task. I do the same thing. I'm a condo dweller too. So I flip over my clothes seasonally. So let's start with what to put your clothes in, like yes. the solution. So you said you've got yours in big rubber bins. Yeah. If that works for you, that works for you. So I am really organized, but I also like to be realistic. Like I'm yeah. not going to say go out and buy these like very specific, very expensive containers because they're only the only ones to have. Think what works for you and what works for your space. So for you, the rubber bins work, all the power to you. For some people, it's garbage bags. <laughs> yes, it is. And you know what? I'm not going to judge that, okay? <laughs> well, maybe a little bit. No. <laughs> um, but you've got... if. if you want to think where are these items, these clothing items going to go? Like, mm-hmm. are they going into a basement? Like maybe a storage locker that's in a basement, it might be damp. Oh. So you want to protect from that moisture. Oh, good so point. in that case, a sealed plastic bin, you know, is an absolute must. Yeah. Is, are they, is it sliding underneath your bed? Well, then those cute little flat wicker baskets, if that works for you, then they can be a little bit cuter if you see them. Mm-hmm. That works as well. I mean, it can be airbags if you're trying to cram. Yeah, those you know, ones that you, you mean you suck the air out of yeah, them? Yeah, where you suck. Those are amazing. Are I mean, they? Oh, yeah. Okay. Everything, now, you got to give yourself like a day and a half to iron everything when you pull them out because right. everything gets crushed to like oblivion. <laughs> but it's okay, though, because for the months, they're out of your way. And especially for families that live in condos in this or small spaces in general, because you might be putting away clothing, seasonal clothing for like four different people. Yeah. I mean, I'm only two and we barely have room. So those airbags really shrink up stuff. And it also will protect from the moisture. Okay, that's good. So those are kind of good. So really just think what works for you mm-hmm. and your space. But you mentioned how you pulled something out and you were like, uh, I never wore this. You know, I yeah. don't want this. 
Think about as you're packing away to actually do that. I know there's not a lot of motivation because you want to get at your summer clothes and this is a hard task to get to. And, you know, it's a lot of work, but you may not have to store all those clothes. You'll save yourself all that room because by the time next year comes around, like next fall, you know you didn't wear that sweater just right now, just like you know you didn't wear it then. Well, that's the thing is I've pulled out all the spring summer stuff and I've dumped them onto my bed and onto the floor. And then what needs to go back into this bin is the fall winter stuff, yeah. like the sweaters and the jeans that I just don't want to see anymore. So I kind of want to just dump them. I know, in I know. Like and in I, a ball. Do how do I pack things in a ball? Yeah. <laughs> well, again, uh, yeah. no judgment. Maybe okay, a little. A little. Um, no. <laughs> no, I mean, like whatever works for you. I'm just saying if you can take the time, even a yeah. little bit. Maybe don't go right to town and do super clean out, but pay attention when you're putting them in and the jeans that you didn't wear this entire season because they didn't fit yeah or mm, (laughs) um you know just get rid of them now so you don't you can save that space for yourself no you're right and let's unpack on the flip side too yes so think about that when you're putting it away. Okay. So right. then, and you also said, <laughs> there's oh, like, in that little blur, all the I things. know, a little, little blur where I'm like, uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah, you said flags. you pulled something out and you're like, I didn't remember that stain being there. Yeah. I just did that today. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, before you put everything away, and I know not everybody's necessarily going to like this, but this is a real must, must. Mm-hmm. Everything has to be laundered. Wash. Really? Yeah. Every- oh, everything? Wa- well, everything that can be cleaned or dry cleaned or whatever it has okay. to do. Yeah. You know, read the tags. You have to figure out the way it has to be taken care of. Because you can think a shirt, you know, only wore it once and it doesn't look dirty, it doesn't smell bad, yeah. whatever. But if, and so we can pack it away. But that perspiration that might be on the shirt, whether it be a collar or whether it be armpits or anywhere on it, you can't can't see it now, but as it sits for the next however many months, hopefully a long time, because hopefully it doesn't get cold again yeah. <laughs> um, for a long time. But when it comes out, that will eventually turn into stains. Oh. So you may it may not look dirty. You only pack it away if you know you look so sad. You look truly discouraged I, that you have to do laundry before. You well, pack I just it. feel like I've got a lot of things to wash, but I know I know exactly what you mean because I see it the most on uh, light colored shirts. Yeah, um, and like you know, like you said, like or white shirts, right? Uh-huh, so you get the sure. yellowing at the armpits from your deodorant. Yeah, and then as someone who sometimes wears makeup onto her neck, like for work. Yep, yep. Um, I get it on the collars a bit, right? Like you get totally. a little bit of makeup there, and then I think I washed it, but then I looked at it, I'm like. Oh, maybe I didn't. I didn't watch this when I packed it away in October. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And depending what the stain is, I mean, you know, there's a good chance it'll still come out. Yeah. But then if it rubbed against another garment that was clean, blah blah blah. You know, just do your laundry, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you know, recently, what's really cool is I just actually learned some new things about mm-hmm. laundry because one of the cool things about what I do is I get to go to events and I get to meet a couple of different really neat people. And I met a laundry and stain expert who creates and tests laundry detergents. Like that's her job. That's to your me. dream job. Oh my God. <laughs> That'd be so amazing. Yeah. So she was in town because there's this um, new launch of a premium laundry detergent here in Canada called Persil Pro Clean. Mm-hmm. Anybody out there that has European descent or if you've moved here from Europe, you for sure know Persil yeah. because it's like kills it in Europe. It's known for their amazing stain removal and detergent stuff. So at this event, I met this um, this this scientist, this laundry scientist, Tasha. Okay, you know what I learned? I didn't what? know this myself. And okay. this is bleach mm-hmm. doesn't actually clean a stain. Oh, so when I'm bleaching stuff like like my white shirt, yeah, you're not- actually let's say you drop uh, whatever ketchup on it and it's stained and you bleach it or blood or whatever, mm-hmm. anything like that. It doesn't actually take the stain away; it just takes the color out of the stain. 
So the, the, the stain itself is still there. Right. So over time, whether maybe you're packing away for the season or just wearing the garment, like wearing those clothes out, it's exposed to light, exposed to dirt. Yeah. That stain's actually going to come back. Okay. So in the case of yours, when you were like, I didn't realize that stain was there. Yeah. I, I don't know. But if it was a garment that maybe you bleached, I, that blew my mind. I literally had absolutely no idea it did not take away the actual... Yeah. Dirt. Can we talk about something too? Because yeah. I have a front loader, a condo size one, and yeah. someone, and I've been told this before that uh-huh. I'm probably overloading my um, machine. Yes. So okay. I don't know how much I'm supposed to put in there. Okay, totally. So can you picture, you know, those uh, plastic laundry, rectangle laundry baskets that yeah. pretty much everyone has you know, at one point? From about the handles down, like where the mm-hmm. handles are in the basket down, if it's full to that point, that's a medium load. Okay. So you know in the detergent bottles, any detergent, it says this much, there's a little line in the cap, this much mm-hmm. for medium load, this much for large. That's a medium. Also, way less than I would have guessed. I would have thought a medium load, you know, would have been maybe to full. It's not. That's a medium. So that's the amount of detergent you need to use. Over that, like on a higher part of the, of the, uh, of the basket, mm-hmm. you're getting into the large load. Okay. So it depends. Um, a, use the right amount of detergent. Like Tara was saying this, Tasha was saying the, the laundry scientists, yeah. they really, really do mean something. And it's just as bad to use too little soap as it is to use oh, too much. So, okay. I, you know, in our minds, you know, consumers were like, yeah. oh, they want us to use more because they want us yeah. to buy more or something. It's totally legit. Don't use more. Don't use less. Okay. So let's, can we just very quickly talk about uh, detergents and what we should be looking for? Okay. You want to look for a detergent that works for your machine. So yeah. front load versus top load. Front loads are usually HE, high, mm-hmm. high efficiency. That needs a special kind of detergent. So you want to make sure it's HE um, efficient, and okay. not all of them are. The, okay. Those actually, that brand Priscilla that I was just mentioning, all of their detergents are that it came to Canada, so you don't have to worry. But all a lot of brands aren't up to speed on that. So, you so if you look. have a front load, you've got to make sure that it's the right one. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Shona. Yeah, yeah. You're Great welcome. tips. And actually, we will be giving away a prize pack uh, for Purcell Laundry Detergent. So you get to try it out yourself because now that Shona knows so much about it, we'll be doing <laughs> that uh, later on the show. Uh, Shona Jensen, lifestyle expert, thank you so much. I'm going to go home and wash all of my stuff now. Thanks to you. Make sure it's <laughs> all sparkly clean. Uh, we're taking a quick break here on The Pay Chen Show. You're listening to In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. The Pay Chen Show continues on In-Depth Radio. News Talk 1010. Oh, well, happy Saturday to you. Uh, what I didn't get to mention just before I went to break was that I do have three prize packs to give away. Each contains an assortment of Priscilla laundry detergent, so you can try it out at home. Get all your stuff nice and clean before you pack it away or the stuff that you've just pulled out. Now, to win, text... 71010 and make sure you include your full name, first and last name, also your mailing address, full mailing address, please. And uh, I'll pick three random winners who will get that sent to them. And if you are one of the winners, I will actually text you back to let you know that it is on the way. So again, you can text 71010 for your chance to win a great gift basket, laundry basket full of uh, personal laundry detergent for you to try at home. And uh, first and last name, plus Full mailing address, please, and thank you. So right now on the line, I've got a couple of guys here that you might know, Colin and Justin. Hi, guys. Hey, Pay. How are you doing, honey? Hey, there. Hi. I love that you. I was like, it's the two of you. It's so nice. So you guys, are. you've been so busy. So first of all, let's talk about Game of Homes. It's in its second season in Toronto, and you're the judges. Yeah, we are, Paige. You know, last year, 
we did the show and we were guest judges. And the premise of the show is that there are four contestants and each of the contesting duos is actually making an effort to renovate their house to such an, an extent that they win the entire contest. Colin and I are the judges, and last year we did it as a one-off, but it went really well. So this year, we're the resident judges. Uh, you can catch it on the W Network on Tuesday night at 10 p.m. And it really is it's an incredible observation in how hard people will work for an incredibly big prize, i.e. an entire house. That's so, that's so amazing that they win a house. And is the house in Toronto? Um, you know what? The house can be wherever they want. Whoa. Because, um, it just, you know the way you get like kind of like a wrecking yards where old cars go to die? Yes. Um, so too um, is there a culture of houses that are due to be demolished <laughs> that are actually repurposed. Um, so we've actually taken four houses that were due for demolition. We've created a kind of comedy cul-de-sac uh, just outside Toronto. So each of the contestants has to work on that house. They then win the house that they've made over and they get money for land and all the furniture. Wow. You know, so it's a really incredible prize. And, you know, for us, you think, oh, my goodness, how desperate are we as a nation <laughs> to get on the property ladder that we're going to put ourselves through this? Well, that's a great motivation to do a good job. You're not going to, I don't think you would get someone who's lazy. When you know that if you do a good job, you get to have a house, that's a pretty yeah, great I mean, it's win. A really, it's a really major deal, Paige. You know, I mean, there aren't that many shows where you can actually fight for your life and win a house at the end of the series. And, you know, we live in a country where the property market has grown exponentially, where people are doing anything and everything they can to get a rung on the property ladder. So as a consequence of Game of Homes, somebody is going to win that house and they're going to have that home for themselves. And every week there's another reveal. So there are eight weeks. Um, and there, like, there's four. There's actually four reveals per show because there are four houses. So 28 reveals, 28 before and afters over the course of the series. Um, and this coming Tuesday, it's the bonus room. So every week they're doing like a kitchen or a living room or a bathroom. This time they're doing a bonus room, and we see four very different couples do four very very different things to their bonus room. Now, you guys have a lot of experience in, you know, design and decor, and you've seen a lot of things. You've remade your own homes. You've worked on other people's homes as well. Uh, what's one of the sort of worst design challenges you've had, you've come across? <laughs> oh, you know, we've seen too many. Um, <laughs> you know, it, honestly, I mean, I think one of the worst houses ever was, it was a home in the UK, in Britain, where the the father was obsessed with gaming machines, you know, kind of like one-armed bandit kind of fruit machines. And, um, oh, had, yeah. Yeah, he had them all over the house. It was a three-bedroom house, and the two daughters didn't have a bedroom. They slept on the sofa because the house was full of broken gaming machines. So this guy oh was clearly cuckoo bananas. <laughs> and um, so we had to step in there and point him in the right direction. I think that was probably the worst thing I've seen. And um, I think second to that is the fact, like, on Game of Homes, uh, we pinch ourselves and we think, actually, are these people Canadian? And I think it's because the stakes are so high mm-hmm. that there are no polites on this show. Really? 
oh my goodness, they have put it to one side and they're all in it to win it. <laughs> um, so, you know, I want to apologize to some of the viewers. There's some pretty bleeped uh, segments in this program. Hello. Um, because I think temper- the actual kind of tempers are running high, you know. But uh, I think if the stakes are high, if you're going to win a house, then you've got to do it all. Now, because we're getting into the warmer weather, spring, summer, people are looking at, um, you know, maybe refreshing their home in some way. What, what sorts of things are you seeing that you you think you know what this is this is worth doing is it a certain uh style a color trend or something for the season okay well do you know i mean obviously Pierre, you're a, like you, you have experience in the whole of kind of the lifestyle space because you work in television and mm-hmm. radio in fashion and food and home design all of those are areas that you know and similarly they're all areas with which we're really comfortable but particularly the home space and what i would say in the home space it's the same as the fashion space when seasons change you start to seasonalize your wardrobe And in the same way that you might have a favorite pair of jeans or a favorite little black dress that you can wrap up warm for the winter with a polo neck and scarves or pair back for a business meeting or pair down for day wear, the same applies in the home space. So we tell our our clients that the best thing that they can possibly do is to walk around their home and really work on what they're using, what they're not using, the things that they have that really make their heart beat, the things that they don't, and start to edit, you know, Rather than keep buying new things and adding to the mix and therefore cluttering up your space, get rid of the things that don't make your heart beat, that don't get you excited. Keep a neutral backdrop and accessorize and dress into that backdrop. Really dramatic schemes don't work on a long-term basis, but really structured, simple schemes work really well, whether it's summer, autumn, or winter, according to what you add or Mm. what you take away. Okay, and so I also know that uh, cabin pressure. You guys are coming up onto is it your third season? No, you're in your third season, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we are. So we are. We've just got about a minute left. So tell me, because now people are starting to think about you know getting the the cabins and cottages ready. What sorts of things do you suggest? Uh, you know, in terms of just getting it ready for this season. Um, you know, yes, yeah, so cabin pressure, you know, is on Sunday nights at nine o'clock on Cottage Life. And Justin and I are on a mission to try and stop Canadian cottages being the places where furniture goes to die. <laughs> you know what? Because, you know, if you've got mismatched furniture, you know, worn carpets, peeling paintwork, that's a two-star experience. Canada, you deserve a five-star experience. And it's not always about spending a lot of money. You know, so if you watch Cabin Pressure, you'll see that one of the things that we do is we give it a name first and foremost. You know, we say, this is the look we're going for. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've researched it. We've got photos of it. And knowledge is power. You know, so if you want to change your cabin, think about the identity. You know, think about the feeling you want from that space and that's going to give you something to actually work towards get rid of broken items things that are tired that are way well past their best you know chuck them out you know donate them to someone just get them out of your cabin and free up your life space so you can enjoy it um you know i think don't be a weekend warrior either you know if you've just bought a cabin and you're thinking okay i'm going to put a couple of hundred bucks away every week for projects and Mm -hmm. i'm going to work on these myself and it's going to take me 10 years you know what? Get a get a bank loan today. Bring in someone to finish off your cabin, <laughs> and then just pay that two hundred bucks every month, so that you can actually have a cabin that's finished exactly. for the next ten years, rather than the project. But obviously, yeah. you're taking a loan responsibly, only working within the boundaries of your own financial, of financial parameters. But we're we're all about the modern rustic pay. That's the thing. That's the look that we create. I think that works really well on cabin pressure. But whether you have a cabin or a cottage or a condo in the city or a back split or a town home, 
all the ideas that you see on cabin pressure can be worked really well into any environment. And our big adage is, it's not how much money you spend, it's how much time you spend. Right. So we go to garage sales, to auctions, to eBay, to hotel surplus stores. And we create wonderful looks time and time again without breaking the bank. You know what? And that's the, that's great because you have to, if you invest a little bit of time, you can certainly get a deal, do something creative. Thank you both so much. And uh, looking forward to catching you, of course, on Game of Homes and um, Cabin Pressure. Have a great weekend, guys. Yeah, yeah you too, baby. <laughs> Thanks. That's Colin and Justin. Uh, keep listening to the Page Hen Show. We're going to take a quick break. But after the break, uh, maybe you can win some cheese, and I'll tell you how. Uh, we'll be back right after this. Now, back to the Page Hen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Welcome back, and thanks for tuning in today, live every Saturday, 3 to 4 p.m. You can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter, at Pei Chen. And I'm new to Snapchat, so if you're on there, you can find me Pei Chen Eats, because every variation of my name was already taken. You'd think that there weren't that many, like, Pei Chen or, like, Pei Dot Chen. No, it was, everything was taken. So I had to add uh, Eats to the end of it. Wanted to tell you about this, um, I don't know if you, if you heard about this story this week where a restaurant in London, England, is coming out with a uh, concept, basically, where you can eat in the nude. So the idea is that this restaurant will be split into clothing, clothed, and unclothed sections. So uh, diners would be asked to go into a changing room. You would remove all of your clothes. You'd be given a gown. It's kind of like maybe going for a physical because you have to take everything off um, and you put on a little gown and then you can choose whether you leave this gown on during the meal. So uh, I'd like to know your thoughts on this. You can text in. You can text in at 71010. Would you try a clothing optional restaurant? The uh, concept of the restaurant is um, that they want people to be free from the trappings of modern life. Mike Catherwood, technical producer, is giving me a look like uh, you're into it or you're not into it. I don't think I'm into it. No, I got to say, that's uh, nothing, none of that is appealing to me. Because I'm like, there's nude beaches. Certainly, it shouldn't be so strange to have a nude restaurant. Well, they don't serve food on the beach, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what my concern is. It's just, yes. I, I'm sure certain precautions are taken to not make sure that there's no... Uh, well, it Contamination, says, um, can we say, but the, the, the food the... is going to be like uh, like caveman style wood grilled meats will be served on handmade clay crockery to be eaten with edible cutlery in a candlelit space that will be creatively partitioned with bamboo and wicker. So basically, you can't opt to be clothed and then try to get your perv on by looking no, over no, at the section. Course, yeah. You're like, no, no, I wouldn't do that. I I'm would no, just take I'm part. I'm not into that. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I'll wear my clothes when I eat. That's fine. But, <laughs> but what I, are, the, are the servers? What are they wearing? I think the servers are, it, just, it doesn't say anything about the servers being new. That's a very good yeah. point. I wonder, it, I was going to say also for health and staff, safety. The kitchen staff. That's what I'm concerned about. <laughs> 
oh Lord, I hope the kitchen staff is wearing clothing. Or there's not a lot of frying going on. There should well, and I wonder about the temperature of the food. Yeah. Like, are they only serving cold soups? Like, is it only gazpacho? And is everything only kind of room temperature? Because sushi. imagine dropping, yeah, sushi. Imagine dropping, or well, even like when they say grilled meats, like a. A piece of meat can be really hot Got off the grill. Scalding oil on it, yeah. Yeah, people could end up with like little burns on their nether regions. Yep. So I'm not sure how well this has been thought through. I'm sure it has been because you know uh, someone has planned out the the clothing and the non-clothed part. And uh, anyway, it's going to be happening this summer in London, England. If you want to go there, here's the thing: you might laugh at the idea, but there's a waiting list of over three thousand people already. Over three thousand. I believe there's three thousand weirdos that want to do this. <laughs> Can this concept come to Toronto? Let's talk to one of the chefs that we're always chatting with. Uh, So anyway, that's something to think about, you know, as you're out doing your thing. Um, I did mention before the break that I'm giving away cheese, which is one of my favorite foods. Now, the only kind of misleading thing about this is that I don't want to mail you cheese. I feel like you would not enjoy it once it arrived to you. So this is going to include a gift card from Loblaws so that you can purchase some award-winning Canadian cheeses. Um, They are actually, there's a couple of stores in the city that I absolutely love. I was just at Maple Leaf Gardens the other night and they've got that like beautiful cheese wall. Uh, So they, uh, Loblaws being a great destination to purchase some great Canadian cheeses. They have more than 15 of the Canadian Cheese Award champion and finalist cheeses. Yes, there is an award for cheese. And I, it is my goal in life to become a judge for this award, cheese award. So uh, the cheese of the year is the Avonlea Cloth Bound Cheddar, which also took home Best Aged cheddar. So uh, the giveaway is worth $100. You'll get a gift card so that you can buy some of your favorite Canadian champion and international cheeses. And it will also include some great um, PC black label products. So some of the crisps, spreads, jellies, um, things like that. So for your chance to win, you can text in 71010, put cheese in your text, please. Uh, And again, first and last name, and your full mailing address, and you can enter up until the end of the show, and then I will randomly pick three winners, and I'll text you back if you do win. So good luck to you, and feel free to let me know how you enjoy those cheeses because they are truly, I don't know. I mean, I cheese is just one of my favorite things. Mike, you're nodding. You agree? That's good because I don't feel like we like a lot of the same foods. I'm no. a little unsure of whether we do or not. I think we do. It's just there's some things that we don't like, like battered crickets. <laughs> I will always go back to the fact that we had insects on the show, edible bugs in food, and Mike fake ate them. <laughs> I ate a minuscule. I, made, I ate enough to realize that, no, I don't like this stuff. You just didn't want it, right? Well, okay. So just a reminder, you can text in 71010 until the end of the show at 4 for your chance to win this cheese prize pack. Oh, Mike, I want to tell you about this. I don't know if you heard this. There is um, an owner of a McDonald's. He owns a couple of McDonald's in the U.S. Midwest. He's opening up a new one in the summer in July. And what he's doing to kind of promote, and I, I don't, have you heard this? He's going to do uh, unlimited, basically, all-you-can-eat fries at, at his McDonald's. Wow. That to me is all kinds of wrong. Yeah, that, that's you're gonna get sick. You're, well, <laughs> people are gonna get sick. <laughs> he's doing it for a limited time, like he's gonna do it just for a little while, just to obviously get people in and create some buzz. So he's calling it the McDonald's of the future because it's gonna be really massive. It's gonna have comfy seats and like a play area and everything. So he wants to offer this unlimited fries menu option for at least two months, and uh, basically that's 
what it is. Like he hasn't set the price on it yet. I would imagine it's a little bit more than your, you know, your small fries. But the fact, I just think the problem with this in our gluttonous society is that even if we're not hungry, we see the fact that, oh, look, it's $4.99. I'm making up the price, but it's all you can eat. We always want to get value. So we're going to stuff ourselves with French fries. And I swear to God, that would probably be like a month's worth of salt. In your body. What do you mean? French fries are bad for you? Yeah. <laughs> what? They're, I don't. They're not bad for you because I enjoy French fries. I think the idea of offering all-you-can-eat fries, unlimited, unlimited. I feel like unlimited fries is a huge problem. But if you disagree with me, you can text in at seven ten ten. Maybe you love the idea. I just can't imagine why anyone would think this is a good idea. I can see myself enjoying it when I first go to the, the first time for the unlimited fries. And How you, much do you think you, you eat? could eat? How much do you think you could eat? Ooh, I, I could... Depends on the situation. Okay. Like it depends on if, if you've if had, had something... Few, if I've had a few drinks in the evening... If you're trying to and, absorb some alcohol, it might be different, and right? I just need a small Big Mac before I go home to bed. <laughs> um, I could see myself crushing like in the pounds. Like you would have to go by pounds. Yeah. And then the next day is what I would fear and that would just be awful. You would be so thirsty. So you know what I I put on Twitter this week uh, when I retweeted this story about the unlimited fries. I said, you know what? The world will within a week run out of fresh water because everyone will be so thirsty from all of the salt that we'll literally, we will actually drink all the fresh water in the world because of this McDonald's offering unlimited fries. It's kind of, I mean, McDonald's fries are delicious. They're really salty. Yes. So the idea that I I just feel like even though this guy thinks he's offering it for two months, he's going to quickly realize that it is, this is a problem. I think he's going to lose a lot of money. Well, like, I, I know you can, order, you can order them no salt, right? You can request when they make me, oh, no salt. So if I had unlimited French fries with no salt on them. Oh, there's the healthy no, option. No problem at all. <laughs> and I'll have it with a diet soda, please. Yeah, I have the diet. You know what he should do is actually he should mark up the, the, uh, the drinks. Because you'll be so, you'll be, I'm just so caught up on the salt. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he'll mark up the drinks and then everyone will just be like so thirsty that they'll just like be like, "Ah," and their mouths will be dry and we'll all shrivel up because like all of all the salt in our bodies. Anyway, that's what uh, might happen, I'm guessing. Anyway, uh, well, thanks, Mike. Oh, anytime, Kate. We could always do a road trip down there and see how this all rolls out, you know? That would be fantastic. I would enjoy that. Let's ask the boss, Mike Ben Dixon, if we can go do the show from a McDonald's in the Midwest. We could remote broadcast, absolutely. I, he's going to go for it. I know totally, he's going to like this totally. idea. You just wait. I probably won't be back next weekend. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. And thank you also for your text messages and for entering the contest. Good luck to those of you who have entered. I've already chosen the uh, the winners for the laundry baskets, and you're all entering for cheese now. So good luck. Paychen.com is the website. You can catch the podcast there. And I welcome any of your feedback, especially if it's nice, uh, online, Twitter, and Instagram, at Paychen. You can find me on Facebook. And then this new thing called Snapchat. Have a great weekend, everyone.